Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, ladies and gentlemen, whenever you are listening to this, I hope it finds you in great health. My name is Jordan McLean, and I am here to let you know that the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. So, y'all know, I don't get on this show and lie to y'all. This week has been a horrible week for me. (laughs) Um, I'm recording this March 14th. Exactly one week ago was the, I believe, two-year anniversary of my grandfather's death. Anyone who knows me knows that I spent the last year of his life taking care of him um full-time caregiver coming up in early april almost a month from now will be the four-year anniversary of my grandmother's death and uh again if anybody out there if you know me you know that my grandparents were my everything especially my grandmother she was my biggest supporter she was my best friend She was ride or die for anything that I chose to do, including this wrestling thing. You know, I remember being, I believe I was like 18, something like that. And, um, you know, I told her that I was thinking about moving to Atlanta to train to become a professional wrestler. And at first she said, professional wrestler. And I said, yeah, you know, that's something I want to do. And. She gave it a couple seconds and she said, okay, if that's what you want to do, if I can help you do it in any way, let me know. That was just the kind of woman she was, Um, you know, so (laughs) I've been suffering for the past week mentally. I'm probably going to be suffering, honestly, until like the end of April. I always do around this time of year. It's, It's nothing new to me now. But uh, also in this past week, I, I, I had some, some issues with, uh, with, within the independent wrestling world. And I won't get off into details. I, y'all know I don't, I don't like calling people out and things like that anymore. Um, but I will say thank you to my OGs. The guys that I've met through this business, one of them is, well, he's kind of in the business, but at any rate, I met all three of them through this business. And yesterday, the 13th, everything that had been going on throughout the week had just, it it was coming to a head and I felt myself losing control. And... Although I'm working on it, I still have some pretty bad anger issues and I get really reckless when I get angry enough. So I put out a call, you know, made a post on Facebook that, yo, I need my OGs to hit me up, man. I I, I just, I need some advice. I need to know what to do because the way I'm going to handle this particular situation is not the way that it should be handled. And I know that, but this is when I need my OGs to step up and thankfully, Three of them stepped up for me and I'm, I'm, they know who they are. If they're listening, they know who they are. I'm forever grateful to them. And my message this week is, man, find you some solid motherfuckers in this business. If you are out there listening to this and you're in this business, find you just some really solid motherfuckers that you can turn to. When things get crazy, when things look bleak, when things look just straight up black, when they just look dark and down and out, find you some people that when you put out that call, man, that you need somebody, they will come. Those three dudes came running, bro. And it meant the world to me because a lot of the times in this business, 
it can get lonely and you can feel really, really alone. So to know that I had at, at the very least, at the minimum, I had those three dudes ready to jump and ask me what was wrong. I don't even talk to them all regularly. You know what I mean? They're, they're not even the friends that I talk to every single day about every single thing. But when I said I needed some OGs, they hit me up asking me what's wrong. And one of them in particular, I talked to for a good bit. And I honestly will say he's the one who saved all this. He is the one who calmed me down enough to where I was able to put things into perspective and realize I don't need to throw away everything that I've built and everything that I'm going to build. I absolutely love him for that. So part of my message this week is to find you a tribe, find you just some really good people that you can count on if you're within this business, that when things get low, when things get down, you know you can call them. I, I prefer to have older people. I prefer to have people who've lived longer than me, who've experienced things longer than me, and who've been in this business longer than me. And that's, you know, I, I call them my OGs. That's, those are the people that I prefer to have around me. But it's, it's perfectly fine to have people who are on your level as well. I do have people on my level in this business who I also talk to. But, you know, specifically, I needed some OGs and they came to me um, and really helped me out. The other part of my message this week, man, is we need to be nicer to each other, bro. We need to start treating each other better. Just in general, we really need to start treating each other better in this business because professional wrestling is already such a niche. It's already so specialized. You know, I tell people all the time, pro wrestling is one of those things where you know it, you love it, you're in it, you've been in it, or you don't love it, you don't know anything about it, you can't stand it, you don't want no part of it. There's no middle ground. I don't think that there are really any casual wrestling fans anymore. I don't think that there are people who think, oh, well, this guy's famous and I know he's going to be on this show, so let me go ahead and watch this show. And I, I don't. I, You know, just from looking at it, I, I just, I don't think there are casual fans of pro wrestling anymore. Even the people who've never been fans of pro wrestling, I think that if you are a new fan of pro wrestling, it's just because you found your thing to love. But it's one of those polarizing things where you just, you love it or you don't. And with that being said, with this business already being so polarizing, we cannot afford as people within this business to down each other and to dog each other out and to disrespect each other and treat each other like garbage. We can't really afford that, man. Because in a lot of ways... Pro wrestling is on an upswing. Pro wrestling is finally back in the limelight, I think, um, in a lot of ways. And I think this might be the most the most spotlight that indie wrestling has had in particular. Shit, maybe 15, 20 years. You know? So, for us to be in this business, and for some people to be in this business and just... I'm trying to choose my words carefully. There are just people in this business who don't respect it. There are people in this business who don't respect other people in this business. There are people in this business who are only in it because they see dollar signs, because they see their egos. Their egos see a feeding ground. They know that they can come into this business and be the big dog because of the gimmick that they give that that they give off. Cause they know that unfortunately there are a lot of stupid people a part of this business. I'm not saying that I'm not bad talking to be. I know I just said we gotta stick together, but let's be honest, y'all. There are some dumbass people in this business. 
And there are some people in this business who are only in the business to capitalize off the dumbass people. I don't call them dumbasses as in to dismiss them. I call them dumbasses as in those of us who know better have got to start wising people up. We got to start that again. That goes back to the OGs. You know what I'm saying? The the OGs that talked to me yesterday and the, the other OGs who didn't talk to me, but I still consider them my OGs. They are the kind of people who are wise enough in this business that they will tell me straight up what it is and what it ain't. They ain't going to sugarcoat it. They ain't going to play with it. They going to tell me straight up what it is and what it ain't. And that's what I mean. We need we need some more solid OGs in this business to take young people in this business, myself included. I, this year will be my third year in this business. Late this year. It'll be my... Oh, maybe it'll be my fourth. It'll be my third or my fourth year. But either way, I'm still very young in this business. You know what I mean? And luckily, I have people who have been a part of this business longer than me or have gone further than me in this business that they can come back to me and say, young blood, this is what it is and what it ain't. We need that more across the board. We don't need that, like, and I, and I don't mean no, oh, if you guys ever need advice, hit me up. I mean, if you see somebody fucking up, go to them and tell them how they fucking up. We need more of that. We need more people to just step up into those leadership roles and, and really be able to guide people. And as far as the people in the business, like who, who mean no good to this business, we just seen a, a, a good bit of that a couple of weeks ago, you know, up north. And then there was a show happening in Knoxville that blew all to hell because someone who is, yeah, it, it, you got to be on Twitter to see some shit pop off, but. I firmly believe if we had just some genuine OGs in this business who had that OG mentality, none of that shit would have popped off. Now, granted, a lot of the shit like up in the New York area that happened, it was all a lie. That person lied to everybody. So nobody could really check that shit. But We got to start weeding these bad people out, man. We got to start acknowledging these people for the vultures that they are. Because this business is so niche, because you, this business is so specialized in so many ways, we have to start taking it upon ourselves to calling these people out and forcing them out of the business, y'all, because it's people like that that give the entire business a horrible name you'll see a fucking predator somewhere in the business and people who don't really know about the business will say oh we'll see the wrestling the indie wrestling business is full of predators you know what i mean look at all these people the child predators they're sexual abusers they're people who are just abusing their positions and have people thinking that they are somebody that they're not they're liars they're deceivers and manipulators and all this other kind of stuff and we all know that that is not the case for the majority of independent wrestling I, i've met some of my best friends some people that i'm gonna be cool with for the rest of my life through this business i love this business i've loved professional wrestling since i was five years old bro since 1998 sitting in front of my tv on a monday night Flipping through channels and I land on TNT and the first thing that I see is Rey Mysterio doing a bunch of flippy shit. That's when I fell in love with this business and I've loved it ever since. Has it fallen out of favor with me? Yeah, I don't think you can love this business without it falling out of favor with you at some point in time. All of us have not watched wrestling at some point in time in our lives who are in this business. 
but I genuinely love this business. And when I say things like that, I know that some people hear it and they think, oh, that, you know, he he's lying, he's being phony. But why would I be phony about my love for this business, man? And why would I be phony about I genuinely want to see this business be better? Because I know it can be. I know it can be. And the only way we're going to get there, the only way we're going to get better is if we start OGing the young people. And if we start, honestly, in a lot of ways, we have to start gatekeeping a little bit better. We gatekeep the wrong shit. We need to start vetting these motherfuckers when they decide they're going to step into the business just because they're bored and they might have some money. Because there are those of us who do it because we're not we're not bored. We don't just need something to do. There are those of us who are in this business and want to see this business do better because we genuinely fucking love it. We've got to do a better job of protecting ourselves, y'all, and protecting this business that we love. Because if we keep, if we keep setting ourselves up to invite these vultures and these takers and these manipulators and these abusers into this business, we all will end up losing credibility. So we got to do a better job. We got to get some OGs to start talking to the young people and, and, and the newbies and the greenhorns or whatever you want to call them. We got to get some vets and some OGs who actually care about pushing the business forward instead of seeing it stay the same or worse, seeing it go back to a time that is long past us. We got to get some OGs like that and we got to get some OGs who have a code to them, whether it's a street code or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Because I listen, I've been around enough people in my life. I got a certain code about me that I'm going to conduct myself in a certain way. Have I fallen off of that? Absolutely. Have my OGs stepped up and told me better? Yes. That's what we all have to do, man. We got to do better at protecting what we love. That's really all I got to say this week. It is time to talk indie wrestling. This week, we've got two brand new shows to talk about. As always, if you have a show that I need to review, hit me up on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Jordan McClain. Send me links and whatnot because I am always on the hunt for something new to talk about. The first show we're talking about this week is Wrestler's Lab presents The Hit List Volume 2, available right now on IWTV for your streaming pleasure. I've wasted enough of your time. Let's get right into this review. Our first match is a seven-state scramble match. Rocket Boy Wilson versus Richard Holiday versus Nick Tendo versus AJ Gray versus Matt Kenway versus Mant... I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Mantequila? I really hope it's Mantequila, because that's how I wrote it down. Versus Chip Day. Listen, chaos. Y'all already know. Seven-man scramble, it's nothing but chaos around here. Um, You know what kind of match this is, because there's a bunch of competitors in the ring at the same time, so y'all know what the fuck going on. Uh, there's a couple of guys in this match that I actually recognize. I'm getting more and more familiar, it seems like, as the day goes by with AJ Gray. Of course, Richard Holiday is featured heavily on MLW. Chip Day, as well, uh, is a staple in the Southern Indie scene. Great to see all of these men. Now, believe it or not, I love this match. This was one of the few multi-man matches that I think was absolutely done correctly. I love what I saw from everybody in this match. Like I said, although it was a multi-man match, there was plenty of moments where each performer got their shine and was able to show off a little bit. I was really impressed with AJ Gray because, like I said, I've been getting off into him more recently. Um, Everything that I've been watching, though, AJ Gray has just been fucking people up. 
He's been beating people up with heavy-ass strikes and big-time lariats. And he did do some of that here, too. But this was the first time I personally got to see AJ Gray really showcase his uh, athleticism. He got off a clean-ass moonsault. So that should tell you what you need to know about AJ Gray. I was also super impressed with Rocket Boy Wilson and Mantelik. They came off to me, uh, excuse me, Mantelik, Mantequila. Um, they came off to me as like just some young, hungry ass wrestlers who really seized the moment of this match to showcase themselves and really, you know, really take advantage of the moment being in there with a Richard Holiday and AJ Gray, a Chip Day, and really show the hell out, showcase that they can stand with them. I don't know their histories or anything. That's just the vibe that I got from them. Ultimately, though, it was Richard Holiday who picked up the W in the scramble. It was a great match. It was not as chaotic, like I said, as most multi-man matches. It, I was entertained by this one. Y'all know usually I skip right past these kind of matches. So this match was good, and it got this particular crowd pretty goddamn hype. Next up, we got Ziggy Heim taking on a very hyper Andrew Palace. Uh, this match was fun as hell. From the opening moments, from the very beginning, this match was fun as hell. They got involved with the tires at ringside and everything. It was just, in general, this was a really, really fun match. This is my first time seeing Andrew Palace, and I really dug what he was bringing. He had great energy and great expression. Y'all know how I am about wrestlers showing expression. I think if you can sell, you will get very far in this business because not a lot of people know how to properly sell. Um, in my mind, though, Andrew Palace is like the life of the freaking party wherever he goes. I'm going to have to find more of his matches, but he seems like uh, good times. Now, this was a mixed gender match, and y'all know with mixed gender matches, I've talked about it on here before, it can come across really gimmicky. It can come across like it's it's just a straight-up gimmick. There's no real meat to the potato, so to speak. Um, thankfully, though, this match was not that. Ziggy Heim got some great offense in here. She even got a couple of near falls that looked like legitimate near falls, not just, oh, I'm pinning to as a transition to get to the next move. Andrew Palace picked up the win in this one, though, after a pretty hard-fought match. I dug this one. I really did. I dug this one because Andrew Palace actually had to work to get the win over Ziggy Heim. Next up, my dude Trevor Eon is in action taking on Joe Gacy. Don't ask me why. But from the very opening moments of this match, this felt uh, very much like a battle of horror movie killers. It, you know what it felt like? It felt like Freddy versus Jason, but better. Does that make sense? If it don't, Get your ass to IWTV and watch it so that uh, you'll see exactly what I mean. But even commentary was pointing out how tense these two being in this match was. I, I felt it through the screen, and that's, I think, some fantastic storytelling. If I'm watching you from home and I feel the tension, I feel the moment of this match, fantastic storytelling. Uh, this match started off technical and map-based, which felt like... Excuse me, which felt like a departure from the typical Trevor Eon matches that I've grown used to. I've just grown used to Trevor being really psychological and fucking people up. That's what I've gotten used to. <laughs> um, I like this match. I liked it a lot because you could see the moments where these two decided to turn it up a notch and really start making things shake in the ring. You know, if like I said, the tension was there from the beginning. This crowd, in particular for this show, was already on board with the match. Um, I believe in this show, in this match, Trevor was a champion of some sort. Um, so the crowd was already hot. This was probably the main event or somewhere close to the main event of that particular show. Um, but I, I, I loved it. I loved every single second of it. I also love that Joe Gacy zeroed in on Trevor's arm. That's just good 
fundamental foundational pro wrestling right there. You see an opening, you take immediate and extended advantage of it because taking out a limb takes out a bunch of moves. And ultimately, it takes your opponent's momentum, especially when you're going against a guy like Trevor who a lot of his strikes and a lot of his uh, big-time moves involve his arms. So it made perfect sense for Joe Gacy to go after the arm, try to take that out. Now, y'all know one thing that I love about Trevor a lot. I love that Trevor comes back quicker than a hiccup. Most times, no matter what side of, of the fence Trevor is on, heel or face, you don't really see Trevor coming. And I love that about him. You can sit there and watch the entire match and you probably won't see Trevor coming. I just, I, I, I love things like that. At any rate, Trevor wins this match after Joe Gacy actually gets himself disqualified. Again, like I said in the beginning, this this match had some great up, had some uh, great straight up storytelling. Next up, we've got six-man tag team action. The Main Street Posse taking on Effie and the Gym Nasty Boys. I was more than ready to get into this match because I knew that this match was going to be fun. Y'all know it. Well, maybe you don't know. If you don't know now, you know I love Effie. Effie always gives it up correctly when, when, I'm, when I'm watching him. He's a ton of fucking fun. So I was really excited. I already knew what Effie was going to give, what this was going to be. Um... There wasn't a whole lot to the beginning of this match. It was just very fun with some classics, uh, with some classic shenanigans from Effie and the Gym Nasty Boys. I do like that the Main Street Posse played along with it, but also kept a more serious presence during a lot of this match. And I think that uh, this match was a very good mixture of wrestling and comedy. It gave me a little bit of both, and I, I can appreciate that. Uh, Main Street Posse gets the win in this very fun and outrageous matchup. Now, we're moving on to the final match of this show, which was for the Wrestlers Lab Championship. Champion M.V. Young is taking on Big Calyx. Now, this was a great match from the very start because it felt for sure like a fight instead of a regular wrestling match. I don't know if it was just the vibe or what these two uh, men were pulling off, but this felt like a fight. They were throwing some big-time strikes. At one point, MV Young actually bit Big Calyx. It was crazy. Um, This was also one of those matches where I just sat back and watched, man. Both of these dudes just beat the shit out of each other until eventually MV Young won by choking Big Calyx out. This it it was one of them matches. Actually, every match I feel had some of that in it, where you just sat there and just watched. You know what I mean? Um, every match had something for everybody, and that was what I liked about this kind of match, uh, or about this kind of show. Rather, this was more of a highlight show. I do believe. Um, for Wrestlers Lab. They were just kind of showcasing what they have. And I really like these style of shows. Um, I think it gave a really good context of what Wrestlers Lab is all about so that when they do make their eventual return, I know that they're working on it right now, I'll already somewhat know the vibe of what they're going for. Um, they chose some fantastic matches to showcase and it got me really excited to see what they bring to the table when they do resume. Uh, presumably, I believe their shows are going to be on IWTV. So, I will be watching, man. This, Like I said, this was more of a highlights show. They showed some of their better matches. And I think overall it did what it was supposed to do. It got me really excited for them to come back. I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to see who they bring. They've already announced uh, a few people, so... We'll see what they bring to the table when they do come back. But if it's anything like these, what, four or five matches that we got on this uh, on this uh, highlight show, let me tell you something. Your boy is on board. 
What's up, guys? Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you like what you are hearing right now, be sure to subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you're listening. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and any number of other podcast apps. Wherever you're listening to this right now, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Also, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Jordan McLean to keep the conversation going. Let's get back to the show. What is going on, everybody? My name is Jordan McClain. Thank you so much for tuning in to this Facebook exclusive interview that I have. You guys know, or maybe you don't know, but in conjunction with Booten Hill, I am doing some exclusive interviews uh, based around their show, The Exhibition, coming April the 9th at Egypt Shriners. Bell time is at 6 o'clock. And it is in Tampa, Florida, Mania Weekend. So if you are down in Tampa, Florida, Mania Weekend, make sure you go see some of this awesome talent. I'm interviewing a few people. There are other people out there interviewing a few people. So if you're in Tampa, Florida, and let's be real, you probably are going to be, make sure you stop by Egypt Shriners, April 9th, Bell Time is at 6 o'clock to see the exhibition by Booten Hill. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I have the Revenant Brian Andrews with me, a guy I'm really excited to talk to. You know, we, we've been friends on Facebook for a little while now. I first seen him at Pro South a few weeks ago, so I'm excited to get to know him a little bit more. We're going to bring him on in, and we're going to get this thing rocking and rolling. What, what up, doing? man? <laughs> How are you? Uh, doing all right. Just got home with the little one. We got Brian Andrews and our guest. We, we both have a special guest. Yep, yep. This is my son, Morgan. Hi, Morgan. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. That, you know, that's fine. Most kids do that when they see me. I'm not even mad about it. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, man, let's just get this thing kicked off. Start by, you know, just telling us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, Revenant Brian, Brian Andrews uh, started training uh with the nightmare factory in september of last year i was part of their first uh official camp and i trained for 12 weeks um start september 21st through december 13th um been a wrestling fan ever since i was a kid and uh i've always been involved with entertainment of some kind i've been in uh involved in the state sorry about that uh involved with the stage side of things since i was like 17 years old um wrestled in middle school, a little bit of high school, but just, you know, helping hanging out with friends and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, really started pursuing wrestling as of last year. Uh, instead it's been, it's been a, a steady process for like the past like four years because I've been steadily, uh, trying to figure out ways to get into training and stuff like that. And it's about finding the right opportunity. Um, so I was working uh, AEW Dynamite in Huntsville last year. And, you know, a lot of my coworkers were like, man, you look like you could be one of the wrestlers out there and stuff. And then I was with Edith uh, and Catering, and some of the AEW talent was like, hey, are you a wrestler? It's like, oh, no, but I can be. <laughs> so uh, I sent a text to Dallas. Uh, I've been an acquaintance of his for the past few years now. He's uh, gotten me involved with DDP yoga as of last year. I uh, became an official DDP yoga instructor and whatnot. Uh, but he put me in touch with QT because QT had one fall power factory at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to originally start training in June of last year. And this was, this was set to all go in place, like starting in February. Uh, this is when I met up with QT at the, at, one, at what was known as one fall then pandemic happened obviously that put the world on hold for a lot of people right and then uh a couple of months later i got a text from qt asking if i wanted to be involved in uh yeah just let me know when <laughs> and it's been uh that's been my experience thus far you know the first match was december 13th uh during the nightmare factory showcase and then it's been steadily doing matches ever since I actually, I didn't know that you were that new to the business. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> like I knew you, I knew you were training at the Nightmare Factory, but I didn't realize that it just start. Like I thought you had maybe trained somewhere else. A lot of people that I know tend to do that. They'll train somewhere else, and then you know, may they may wind up somewhere. A lot mm -hmm. of people at the Nightmare Factory that I know have done that. But sure. I didn't know that you had just started training. I, I oh, didn't yeah. know that you're less than a year in. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, it's been a crazy fun experience so far. A lot of people are like, man, you're crazy for going for something like that. I'm like, well, something I've always wanted to do, and I'm finally able to do it. And so Right. Why not go for it? <laughs> right. You know? Is that is is being at the Nightmare Factory? See, in my mind, it's it's like it's almost a surreal experience because you're around people, some people that you may have grown up watching or some people that, you know, you watch every week on TV or whatever. Is sure. it kind of surreal being there? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like, you know, one of the, one of our head coaches is Glacier. And, right. you know, if you're a huge WCW fan, like I was when I was a kid, like, and also Mortal Kombat, you know, that was right. one of your main, what was it, one of your favorite characters. Exactly. So, uh, and what was pretty cool about that, uh, when I was uh, 15, 16 years old, uh, one of the Koloff brothers, I think it was Nikita Koloff, put on a show at the uh, at the high school where my dad lived up in Lafayette High School. It was like a, like a Christian-based wrestling promotion at the time. And my buddy Chris and I got to meet Glacier at that event. And it's just crazy, you know, like 16, oh. 16, 17 years later, he's also my head coach, one of my head coaches for wrestling training. <laughs> right. That's like a full circle moment straight oh, up. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So with so with you being this new to professional wrestling, is this your I know that this is your first mania experience as a performer, like mm -hmm. experience mania weekend. Is it right. your first at all? Like is it your is this your first time? going to a WrestleMania weekend event? Oh, yeah. Like, most Mania stuff is, you know, I just did, like, you know, parties at, like, friends' houses and, you know, just ordered food and, you know, yelled and yelled at the TV. <laughs> right. But so uh, how, how, how does it feel with this being your first, like, you're going to a WrestleMania weekend and you're going as a performer? How does that feel? I mean, pressure's on, for sure. <laughs> you know, um, not even six months in and I was asked to be on this show and you know again it's just you know it's surreal it's you know kind of a little bit of nerve-wracking because you know you know all the talent that's there in town you know you hope you measure up and so right. all you want to do is just be able to put on the best show that you can that it I know for me that would feel crazy just because it's one of those things where you don't know who could walk in. You know what I mean? Like you Absolutely. don't know who could come like, oh, hey, we want to go to a show tonight. Oh, well, there's a show at Egypt Shiners. Let's go there. And then, you know what I mean? Like you you don't right. really know who, who you're about to wrestle in front of. That's that's what would wreck my nerves. But lucky me, I'm not in that position. Y'all are. Right. <laughs> um, so what is, you, you've been a, wrestling fan your whole life like me like most of us who are involved in this business somehow mm. what is your fondest wrestlemania memory what's the one mania memory that will always stick out to you no matter what mm. that's a, a tough one because i mean there's so many um you know i mean when it comes to mania you know as Growing up, you know, I've always been a fan of like theatrics and characters and stuff like that. And so, who's the number one guy for that? It fits the bill in, w in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? um, yep. you know, he was just always like one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. And so, that to me, like any WrestleMania, like that was the highlight to watch. And so, for me, like, you know, there's so many, but to be honest, like I really enjoyed the Undertaker AJ Styles cinematic match. You know, the graveyard match and whatnot. And oh, it was that just, was dope. Yeah, yeah, the way it was put together. Because sometimes, I mean, some of that stuff, you know, it could it could be good, it could be not so good. And the way that yeah. it was put together, just awesome, just truly awesome. It was a great send off. You know, I mean, how you know you got 
Undertaker coming in on a motorcycle with my, with Metallica. <laughs> like, <Right>. Awesome. <laughs> I heard that they spent like what what was the number I seen? Like twelve full hours shooting that whole thing. That was the, like that was the crazy part to like because we saw it. Obviously, it was just such a short amount of time in mm-hmm. you know in comparison to the amount of hours that it took for them to shoot it. I remember seeing like it. I remember seeing that it, it took them like twelve hours or something. I was like, that's that's a crazy amount of time to shoot a scene. But I guess it makes sense because if you're going to shoot something that different, then you want to make sure you're doing it right. Well, and it's it's funny you bring that up because also work behind the scenes and film and theater and stuff too. So like right now, I'm working on the Stars production of Heels, and you know that's just the, the uh, that that's the wrestling show, right? Right, was uh, okay. was Stephen Amell uh, is the main star, um, and when you see like how much is actually done versus what gets left on the cutting room floor, I mean, we've all read reports of like you know our fa- of our favorite superhero films of like what gets left on the right. floor, you know, and what makes the cut, and you know, it's just insane. <laughs> I can tell you from from experience. I'm an actor as well. I did. I shot a whole movie in a week. I was one of the main stars of that movie. Shot the whole thing in a week. We did like twelve hour overnights. Unfortunately, though, that movie's never coming out. I wish it would, but that right. it's never coming out. Um, so I like. I've been a part of an entire film that's never going to come out. So I can only imagine what you know, big productions and, t- you know, TV and film, I can only imagine what's not seen. You right. know what I mean? Because I've seen plenty of stuff in the acting world that pe- people would think that it's easy, but, you know, it's like, <laughs> y'all watch an hour. We took seven days to shoot this hour's right. worth of stuff. <laughs> that it, Yeah, that's crazy. I think my... um I think my I think my favorite mania moment, the one that I just remember the most, the one that'll always uh the mania moment that'll always stick out to me involves the Undertaker too, is when the streak was broken. Yep. Because I just I think we all kind of had it in our minds that he's just gonna retire with the streak intact. Right. You know what I mean? It, it'll never be broken. And so I remember watching that and not just the live like my own reaction, I thought I was going to cry. You know what I mean? Because I was a WCW kid too. But of course, growing up in the 90s, loving wrestling, you know, certain people like Taker and The Rock and Stone Cold. You just knew those people anyway. Right. They knew what they were doing. So I'm pretty sure that that the streak being broken, either that or Kofi winning the title. That That was pretty huge. Yeah, those those are probably in a change for me. But going back to um, going back to the street being broken, everybody had that face even at home. Yeah, (laughs) I I don't like. I remember my my best friend texting me like, "Bro, did you just like yeah?" I'm sitting here watching it just like you, man. We I I remember everybody was like crazy for like a week. We didn't know what, like, the wrestling world was just in shambles after that. <laughs> right. So you're going to be a part of the exhibition, which is, mm-hmm. as I said at the beginning, uh, a show being produced by Boot and Heel. Mm-hmm. April 9th, bell time, 6 p.m. at Egypt Shriners in Tampa, Florida. What What does it mean to you to be a part of this, especially now that we know you're so new to the business. What does it mean to you to be a part of this show? I mean... <laughs> okay, son, we'll eat in a little bit. <laughs> That's my last question, Morgan. I promise. That's my last question. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, man, it's just... To me, I'm extremely thankful. You know, to be... Coming, coming, being so new in the business, and I mean, especially coming in at you know a later age than most. I mean, I'm about to be 34 in April. I'll be 34 when Mania comes around. So, uh, just extremely surreal, extremely thankful that I've been given this opportunity, and definitely won't 
definitely won't squander it. Won't let it go to waste. Sure. I'm looking forward to just meeting everyone, networking. You know, just having a great time and putting on a great show. Well, I, I'll tell you, man. You already know because when I first seen you at Pro South, I as soon as I seen you, I put out the question on Facebook. I was like, "Wait, who is this guy with James? Hart? Somebody has to tell me this guy's information. I need to know what's happening." Right. <laughs> and I and I I think I knew that you were at the Nightmare Factory because when they were gonna do their showcase, I didn't watch it for whatever reason, but I remember being like, "Oh, that's dope." You know what I mean? Like they're putting on a showcase for their students and already know they're going to produce top tier talent just based off who the trainers and where it is and where it's all connected and whatnot. So I personally am really excited to see you do this thing, man. I'm really excited to watch your growth because, like I said, I'm already a fan of yours. <laughs> and knowing that uh knowing that you are so new to the business I, I see i see nothing but an upside for you that's how i'm gonna put it right so right. i appreciate you man I, I appreciate the kind words man it, it, it means a lot and um you know speaking of support and stuff like i've got a, a merch pre-order on indiegogo doing church stickers and eight by tens and stuff like that and all sorts of cool um cool little packages and stuff and i mean i originally set out a goal for doing a thousand dollar merch order and um right now i'm at like 11 over a little over 1100 in 20 days <laughs> and Let me tell you something. the amount of support has been absolutely surreal something that i know something that i've learned about indie wrestling fans in particular if they support you they're going to support you that's just mm -hmm. what that is you know what i mean like Indie indie wrestling fans are some of the most hardcore fans of any sport, oh, yeah. any, anything. So the fact that you hit that guy, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't really surprise me. You you give people something to support. <laughs> I mean, I like I try not to cut corners on anything I do. I mean, you know, whether it's been a band that I was in or something like that, we always try to put out the top tier product. And so, uh, you know, that's what I strive for is having like packages of value and stuff like that you know one of the packages and it's named after my, my uh, finishing move called the ghost light and you know you get a shirt uh sticker autographed eight by ten uh your choice of show or shows to attend as well as a, you know one-on-one -on -one ddp yoga session with me instructing you know just like you want to put things that can you know Something that they'll it's tangible, but also something that can potentially change their lives as well. That's what I'm about. And so, um, you know, again, the support, the amount of support I've gotten over this is just surreal. <laughs> That's dope, man. That's dope. I'm really happy for you, man, and all your success. I'm not going to hold Morgan up no longer because I don't <laughs> want Morgan to pick me up. I, I totally <laughs> understand wanting food and nothing else. So, right. I'm, so I'm not going to hold you and Morgan up anymore, man. Thank you so much for sitting down with me, bro. Well, thank you so much, Jordan. Hopefully we'll get to do this again sometime. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Want to say bye? Bye. Bye, Morgan. <laughs> Go get you some food. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Hey. That was the Revenant, Brian Andrews. want to thank him again for being a part of this interview series with me. One more time, you guys, if you are in Tampa, Florida, Mania Weekend, it's April the 9th, Egypt Shriners, bell time is at 6 p.m., Booten Hill presents the exhibition. Make sure you guys go and see my guy, the Revenant, Brian Andrews. Listen, y'all know I don't, I don't just throw my stamp on anybody. Y'all already know how I get down. If I say somebody is somebody to watch, somebody to look out for, I mean that because that's somebody I'm paying attention to. Pay attention to Brian Andrews, y'all. I'm telling you, pay attention to Brian Andrews. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to like the Facebook page. Go over and check out my YouTube channel. Follow me on my social media at Mr. Jordan McClain, Instagram and Twitter, all that good stuff because I'm always talking about wrestling. Um, that's it, man. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. I love you for tuning in. I'm out.
that's all I got for you guys this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I apologize that this week was rather lackluster. I, I genuinely do. I know that this was not my best week. This was not my best show by any means. Um, I'm going to make every possible effort within myself to make next week even better. Um, I don't know, you guys. I, I don't know. There, there's a lot going on with me mentally and emotionally. But um, I'm going to try. I'm going to try because this, despite this week not being the greatest, this is one of the highlights of my week that I get to record this podcast and put it out for you guys. So I'm genuinely going to try. In case you guys did not catch it, I am one of the co-sponsors for a WrestleMania weekend event. The exhibition being put on by Booten Hill, April the 9th at Egypt Striners in Tampa, Florida. Bell time is 6 o'clock. You can go to event, eventbrite.theexhibition.com for tickets and follow Booten Hill for more details. That's where that Brian Andrews interview came from. Um, I'm really excited I got to talk to him. He's such a cool dude. Yeah, man. Um, follow me on the socials, Mr. Jordan McLean on Instagram and Twitter, man. Let's, let's talk some wrestling. Let's get off into anything that is not my life right now. Um, I love you guys genuinely. Thank you so much for your support. That's one of the few things keeping me going right now. So I I genuinely, genuinely appreciate all the support that you guys give me all the love that you give me shout out to my ogs man they know who they are big shout out to them my name is jordan mcclain that's all i got for you guys i love you thank you and i'm out